The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, people. I'm not going to start by yelling. I know for some of you it's early. Last week I got an email from somebody who said, you know, Saturday morning, could we just kind of ease into it? Do you have to come into Saturday morning all hooting and hollering because you've already had one or two cups of tea? So Saturday, I'm just going to kind of like that, that alarm that goes slowly from quiet to louder and louder. I'm just going to slowly ramp it up this morning. Happy Saturday. How are you? Welcome to the Blaze Radio Network and the all-new day of programming. One of the great things about working at this place is uh, we get the opportunity to do things virtually every single day. There's seven days a week on the Blaze Radio Network, and I, fortunate enough, blessed enough, lucky enough to work Monday through Friday, noon to three, and then get to be here Saturday morning. And I do appreciate it because I feel a kinship, a connection to this audience. And uh, I'd love to be here for you, to talk to you about what's going on today and, and some stuff you may have missed. We might as well deal with it if you haven't turned on the news channels. Uh, it's nighttime in Japan and Korea and North Korea. Although it's a half hour later in North Korea, just because that idiot changed the time. Yeah, I want to be 30 minutes ahead of everyone else. But Japan, Japan is announcing to the world today that they are deploying their missile defense systems. And letting everybody know that uh, we will take necessary measures, whatever that is. So I, I do know that um, emergency supply companies appear to be doing very well these days, as are the people who are selling uh, kits to uh, put a bomb shelter in the backyard. And I'm guessing a lot of those are in, in uh, California and maybe on the West, all, all up and down the West Coast, Washington. And I have to get this pronunciation right. By the way, speaking of emails from you guys, I have had trouble getting the correct pronunciation of that state where Portland is. You know the one. The state near Washington that also is home to Portland. Not talking about Maine, not that one. I'm talking about the state near California and Washington. Martin, are you with me this morning? Can you pop up your microphone this morning? Oh, or no, no, you can, you, um, Robert, you can jump on too. Robert in Dallas, Robert and Martin are in Dallas. Robert, are, are you, um, have you ever been out west? Now I lost him. No, actually, uh, actually, yes. I've been uh, to California one, a couple of times and been uh, to Seattle during my honeymoon last year. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, congratulations on last year's honeymoon. Thank you. Uh, 
that's always good and i hope you guys are happy and and healthy and all that stuff well there's a state out there in that same neighborhood uh begins with an o how do we pronounce that state i pronounce it oregon okay i i've i know i've probably said oregon at times but i got an email from maurice yesterday saying several times i've heard you either debating or asking for help to correctly pronounce the name of my home state it's and he put this in in uh, quotes and all caps o-r-y-g-u-n is that oregon 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 yeah i know there's a gun at the end which also always makes me happy i just want you to know folks out there in in that state a state I regularly mock some of the progressives who live there. But I'm really pleased you are listening and appreciate the fact that you're trying to help me because I am just a very flawed man. So, uh, Oregon. Oregon. So, you people in Oregon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Robert. Uh, stand down the missiles until Martin's on the phones this morning. By the way, if anyone wants to correct me on anything I get wrong this morning, the phone lines are open. Uh, anything and everything can be corrected. 888 Now, as we talk about survival supplies and bunkers that are being sold now at great numbers, I, I wonder how tensions are in Guam. Especially when I heard Donald Trump tell the governor of Guam, tourism's going to go up tenfold on your island. The governor also told his people that the president assured him that Guam is safe. Now, I know the military base in, in Guam is, uh, what is it, MacArthur? Is um, on alert and they've got their bombers ready and all their fighter jets ready. I just I hope we don't have to get there. And based on what we talked about yesterday, despite the continued rhetoric that you're hearing back and forth from North Korea and from the White House, I really think this this little fat guy in North Korea isn't isn't going to do anything stupid. Or let's just say he's not going to do anything dumber than he's done before. I don't think he's going to fire a nuclear missile at anybody he's going to continue testing but i really think this is uh china's working behind the scenes i think so i'm not going to go too heavily on that topic this morning i'm not going to spend too much time diving into the panic and fear that's associated with this because frankly there are too many other crazy things we have to talk about today there's too many other um important things we have to talk about today like what you're saying, Mike? What could be more important than the fact that a, a nuclear-armed crazy fat kid in North Korea is threatening the safety and security in the entire free world? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we have to go after. There, there are so many important things. We have to point out, we have to point out that, uh, that parents... Parents are just, I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, parents, you need to stand up and tell schools that this is stupid. 
and correct me if I'm wrong on this one too. This comes out of out of uh, Sarasota, Florida. Hello, Florida. Hello, state that gives us probably the greatest number of dumb stories each and every week. Thank you, Florida. A letter went home to parents in Sarasota, Florida. A letter from the school as we get ready to start the school year. The school's principal is saying, I, I didn't know about this letter. And I'm kind of nervous about it. But the Parent-Student-Teacher Association has raised their hand and they're blaming it on a clerical error. The form went into a, an orientation packet and uh, the school is now saying, oh no, that's not going to happen in the future. We're not, we're not going to see that in the future. We're, we're very sorry about it. You're thinking, what? Because remember, last, last week we also saw a story about a school district, a school district that um, put out an orientation packet that said American flags were not allowed to be worn. Remember that? Remember that story? And then when parents raised their hands and went, what the hell are you doing? That the, um, the school said, no, that was a mistake. We meant American flags can be worn if they are respectfully displayed. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. That never should have gone out. Well, now, the sort of the same answer is happening here. As a school in Sarasota, Florida, sent out a note in the orientation packet that said um, kids could go to the front of the lunch line in the cafeteria if they paid more money. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you saying to me? Rich kids get to eat before everybody else? Wow, what a concept. Gee, I wonder where we learned this. I wonder where we learned this concept that you can buy a place closer to the front of the line or maybe at the very front of the line. Well, I know we learned it in, in the airline industry, right? Because you can actually pay to get on the plane first. And I'll raise my hand and say, I have done that because I refuse to fight over access to the overhead bin above my head? Yes, I've paid to get the priority boarding. Just because if I'm sitting in row 14 and everyone else has gotten on board ahead of me and stuffed the overhead bins, it makes no sense for me to have to go back to row 60. I know there aren't any row 60s. To row 30 to put my bag so that when we land, I'll have to go all the way back to row 30 and then go back up to exit. They're not going to allow that. It's just stupid. But the airlines have found a way to monetize that. And I guess that's okay because, you know what? That's a free market solution to a problem. But a school, a school is not necessarily a free market unless it's a private school. This appears to be a public school. In the, in the other example where I think kids may have seen this happen and somehow this became a suggestion to the school board, you know you can buy a pass 
at theme parks like Disney that lets you get ahead of everyone else. So kids know this concept exists, that you can pay. But again, a theme park like Disney or, or Water Whatever or Six Flags, all of those theme parks, if any of them offer the priority pass, it's kind of like an easy pass for the rides. That's a, that's a private company offering a solution, offering a premium service. And as a, as a libertarian, I don't have a problem with that. I do think that lunchtime in the school cafeteria and selling access to the front of the line at a public school is a little bit over the top. Am I, am I wrong here? Am I missing the boat here? You know, as a kid who never, ever, until I went to college, who never used the cafeteria other than to sit at the table and open up my lunch that we packed from home. We always brought lunch from home. The only time you ever used the cafeteria line at school, in uh, high school, because there wasn't one in grammar school, no cafeteria at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. As a matter of fact, in grammar school, we ate lunch at our desks in our classrooms before being turned loose on the playground like a bunch of banshees. But I never used the cafeteria. For my mom, it didn't make sense. There, we, we weren't those people who had money to spend at the cafeteria. We were the people who were smart and made our lunches and brought them to school. So this, this letter from the, from the school <laughs> telling parents your kids can cut the line if you'll just pony it. What's next? What else are we selling? Schools? The form, again, was accidentally, air quotes, accidentally put in the orientation packet and uh, will not be there in the future. That doesn't mean they're, they're not going to find a way to make that happen. But uh, Brian Andrews, welcome to the 2017-2018 school year. <laughs> Florida, we're looking forward to a lot more from you. Good morning, everybody. It's Saturday morning. The world's still here. Everyone's still talking and threatening, but we're still here. And we'll be right back in Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We just heard a little promo for uh, Mr. Slater. He is such a, what a wonderful guy. If you have not listened to uh, Mike Slater on this radio network in the afternoons on Saturdays, I ask you to sample him. He's a, he's a really good dude. And he was talking about Tesla, which I'm excited about because uh, over a year ago when they announced the Model 3, the $35,000 Tesla for the people, as it were, I sprinted to my Tesla store, whipped out my credit card, and put down a deposit on one of those because 
uh, I knew it would be two years before they show up. I knew it would be a while, and I could, I could slowly put some shekels aside and then work on convincing the vice president of finance here at the state of Opelka that we need a plug-in car. We need this fabulous four-door people's sedan rocket ship known as the Tesla 3. And uh, happy to announce that uh, not the big Tesla, not the $100,000 one. No, we can't afford that. But happy to announce that I did get a notice from uh, Mr. Musk, Mr. Elon Musk, that in fact they're, they're offering... They're offering uh, the, the Model 3 to the people who signed up early, and it could be as soon as, as, soon as November of this year or maybe January. But the, the deal is t- Musk is selling first to employees, which I think is kind of a cool thing. That's going to allow uh, Elon Musk and the Tesla engineers to keep all of the the early bugs within the company and they'll have a a quicker response from the people and for the people so in other words if you're a worker at tesla and you get one of the tesla threes and and in the first week you go you know i'm having trouble you can get right in line and get it fixed and then they can go to the production end of things and make things better and then the second level of people who will get a a shot at purchasing the Tesla 3, which I do consider, I agree with whoever made the characterization, it's going to be the iPhone of automobiles. It's the game changer. It's the bit of high tech that's now going to be accessible to everybody. And so the the second, first it's employees, then the second stage who will have access to the Tesla 3 on a priority level are going to be people who own the Tesla S. That's the $100,000 big ship that really, that's the rocket ship. So that makes sense to me. You go to your loyal customer base, the people who were there for you at the beginning, and you offer them access to the car. And then the next stage, so I'm in step three. I'm in stage three. I'm third in the line of priority, the people who signed up. And I know I signed up on day one. I I did so in New York City. So I know I'm in that early group. And one of the reasons I'm excited and happy to do it is if you are among the first 250,000 or 300,000 purchasers of a Tesla, you get a special government-inspired tax credit where you're going to get $7,500 off the price of the car. Which to me is, it's the government incentivizing uh, this kind of green technology. And I'm all for that. That's, That's sponsoring innovation. But you notice it expires. There are thresholds to this. So if anybody says Tesla's got a lot of government assistance... Once you're up on your feet, the government says, okay, do it yourself. Don't you think we should do that for other kinds of government assistance? We'll discuss. Come on back.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Phone lines are open, 888-900-3393. Working on a vital question for the day today, as there are things we have to get to, many topics to cover today. And don't worry, we're keeping our eye on everything over in the, the Pacific Rim, as it were. Nothing different this morning than happened last night. Nothing to worry about, nothing to fret about. And uh, we will proceed apace. But before we went away, we were talking about, I was talking about uh, Tesla and the Tesla Motor Company and the fact that uh, I'm a supporter. I'm a fanboy. I've driven every model Tesla on the road today. I haven't driven the three because it hasn't been in the showroom yet. But I drove the little two-seater, drove the SUV, the X, and I've driven the S in several different incarnations. And I'm convinced that it's it's going to be a good car. I'm convinced that the the way to go is, is the electric car. Even though I do love the car I drive now. I drive a a fairly sophisticated, fairly snooty BMW. And it's a great car, but I, I'm fascinated by it and I want this car. Now, I was mentioning that if, if I'm fortunate enough to be one of the early recipients able to purchase the car, I will also be the recipient of government assistance. And I think that that is something that's A, legal, B, inspires businesses, but C, also should be limited. In other words, if you're starting up this, if the government wants us to get off fossil fuels, which I understand, the internal combustion engine has been around for a century or more, actually. And if we can develop a, a way to, to have a, a better way to power automobiles that's a little bit cleaner, why shouldn't we? Why can't we? So I'm all for it. However, once you're up on your feet and rolling, the government needs to say, okay, stand and, and run on your own two feet. And so that's why in the, uh, in the world of electric cars, the government has put a limit on it. Kind of the way we, we should, as Franklin used to say, you know, make make uh, government assistance, make poverty painful so people will want to work themselves out of it. And, and so if you, you incentivize the, the early purchases of these cars and get enough of them on the road, that helps the company develop the car, which helps develop the market, which ultimately drives the price down. So the early support from the government will probably help lower the price on the Teslas, I, I believe. Is that weird logic? But I'm, I'm all for it. And I appreciate the sun setting on, on the assistance 
to help people to get those cars on the road. Because think about it. Those are jobs for the people making those cars. And those cars are, are built here in America. And it's also going to spur on an entirely new industry. An entire new industry that makes the batteries for these cars. When the first Tesla came out, the little two-seater was $114,000. It was fast as a rocket. It was four inches off the ground or something like that. Built on the Lotus platform, the Elise platform. A little bitty car, you had to shoehorn yourself into it. Drove like a dream, and it was so fast, and it was dead silent. Which is also what scared the hell out of me, because nobody could see you. So you're driving 100 miles an hour on the highway in this little electric two-seater cart, and nobody sees you or hears you. So a little nervous about that. I'm all for innovation and government inspiring innovation, but I'm also for government getting the heck out of the way. That this is, a, this is how we've worked forever. But the government's got to get out of the way. Otherwise, you're going to have more restrictions, more involvement, and you know what happens when the government gets involved in making cars. You need to look no further than all those great Soviet and East German cars that populate the world. Oh, wait, they don't. They stink. So I, I'm all for the assistance, but I also want the uh, sun setting on. If you agree, if you disagree, chime in, join the party. 888 900 uh, Something going on in Texas that, that made me laugh a little bit today. Um, out, outside of Fort Worth, Texas, on uh, Highway 121, there are billboards that have gone up. And uh, they, they've given people uh, warnings about things like the Zika virus. Well, they're now telling Fort Worth that you have a, uh, you have a syphilis tsunami coming to Fort Worth. I did, who knew? Who knew Fort Worth, Texas was, was ground zero of the upcoming STD problem? It's part of some big campaign for freestdcheck.org. And they're um, this giant billboard saying syphilis tsunami. And um, I understand we're trying to make sure that AIDS and other STDs don't have a resurgence. But apparently, apparently there has been a spike in the area. Apparently, there has been uh, a growth, according to the CDC. Huge growth in, um, sorry for that, uh, in, this, in the cases of syphilis in the United States. So they're talking about it openly, trying to make sure they have a, a uh, giant, jarring message to people. But the weirdest thing about it to me is that it's not, when I was growing up, it was uh, all focused on teenagers and uh, young adults, college age, etc. High school and college age kids. 
and um, they were trying to say, hey, you know, don't, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna mess around, you have to be smart, etc. But now it seems to be seniors. Seniors. This apparently is the uh, the largest risk of sexually transmitted infections. The largest uh, group that's increasing the rates of sexually transmitted infections among seniors. So there's a doctor who's rapping about it. Um, and the only thing I can do is I will tweet out a link to this so you can see this doctor for yourself. But um, she's talking to 80-year-olds. 80-year-olds here in this fabulous little snippet I'll share with you. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Rap Dr. D's rap intention. Calling out all your fellas and ladies. STDs are tearing through folks in their 80s. Can you really help being sex kittens? Why can't you wear your little love mittens? Gotta be safe, cause sex has gotten risky. No shame being a freak and getting a little frisky. Dang, your body's a temple. Keeping safe's not always so simple. Sex indiscretions lead to depression. No matter how you like it, comes with the best protection. Love it or leave it. Hormones start to flag. Things dry up and your tail can lose that rag. Okay, I gotta stop her right now. She's getting into some physical descriptions. I don't need to say. The video has this doctor who's probably in need of the diet program, Dr. Jorge's on, and she's showing us all these seniors. I don't need to know that grandma's got her groove back. Seriously. I'm just saying, if you would love to see this, I'm going to tweet out a link to it right now. Um, and anyone who's having breakfast right now, I apologize for all the um, mental imagery. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We had a little discussion about Tesla earlier in the day as I'm excited that uh, my Tesla 3 could be here as soon as November or possibly into January. And uh, this always lights up an interesting discussion. Greg is calling from California quite early in the morning in California. I appreciate it, Greg. Welcome to the program and good morning, sir. You. Hey, as much as I usually agree with what you say, and as much as I like the Tesla cars, i got to call you out on two points. First of all, the government has no business in picking one business over another to give somebody else my money. It is not the government's money. It's my money. Well, hold on. No hold on. Subsidizing other companies. Hold on. Same subsidies offered to every car company. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But, but no, wait, 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 Greg. Your first point was the government picking one company over another. The government does have the right to offer incentives, but they have to offer them to everybody, and they did. If you buy a Chevy Bolt or Volt, if you buy a Leaf, all of those subsidies are offered to the first, what is it, 250, 300,000 buyers of those cars. So there, you, you can say it's my money. I don't want them 
offering those subsidies, but they didn't pick a winner. They offered it to everybody who would choose it. Okay, I misspoke that one industry over another. The industry being solar-powered cars. What about hydrogen cars? What about hybrid cars? What about cleaner running the gasoline-powered cars? What about uh, very low-emission diesel-powered cars? I mean, there's a lot of other things. But, yeah, it goes back to it's my money. I don't want it redistributed to people for picking one, one thing over another. Well, that's a fair, a fair point. However, uh, that's the choice of the people we elect, and that puts the responsibility back on us to then turn those people out if we don't agree with them. In this case, I, I happen to be a fan of this technology, so I'm, I'm rationalizing and justifying. Now, the other point I, I saw on the call screen that you were going to bring up is that um, where do you think the Tesla, that battery, gets its power? Now, this is a really interesting point, and I believe that's where you were going next, right? Right, because as long as it's so, it, it, unless it's solar, wind, or nuclear, it's not going to be clean power. Right. And so if everybody had one of these battery-powered cars, we would need to bring a lot more power plants online, which would be probably a lot more coal-burning or some sort of fossil fuel-burning power plants because there's no way we're going to be getting any approval on nuclear and wind and solar just doesn't cut it right now. Well, you bring up another fascinating point, and this goes back to uh, where you buy your power. And, and we are, you know, I'm still a fan of the 10th Amendment. I'm still a fan of uh, states deciding their fate. And in the state where you're from, in California, because you do have more solar and wind generated power than say uh oklahoma or delaware might your tesla get a power or your leaf power or your prius power or bolt power would be more environmentally friendly uh more green than mine would be because that generation of power that electricity comes from some of those sources you said wind and solar. Now, I'm a huge fan of nuclear power. I'm a giant. I wished, and I've been, when, when Jackson Brown and all of his buddies were doing their concerts against nuclear power, I was out there saying, you're not getting it. This is the safest, cheapest, cleanest power we have. And I would be a huge proponent for us drifting closer to that. And so I, I, you're, you're right. The, the green element of the Tesla isn't perfect, but I do think it's it's better than what we've got with just the straight up gasoline engines. Now you also brought up uh, clean diesel and blue those blue diesels, those are amazing cars too. But to me, I, I want to make the quantum leap. I'm I'm betting on the quantum leap. And it, well, let's face it, if I had a hundred and eighty thousand dollars sitting around, I didn't check my Mega Millions. I would have jumped on the uh, the uh, Ron Motors car that's a hybrid of battery and hydrogen, and it's it's one of those beautiful cars that probably goes zero to sixty in a second. But uh, I don't have that money lying around just now, so we'll see. I'm up against a hard wall, Greg. Uh, be safe on the road, my friend, and everybody else. Give the truckers a break.
we've got to uh, we've got to wrap up this first hour. How much time do I have, sir? Oh, I got a minute left. Okay, coming up next hour, I want to play for you a wonderful montage from Donald Trump, uh, and uh, maybe we'll play the game. Who said it? Kim Jong Un or Donald Trump? We're gonna have some fun today. It's Saturday morning. It's the Blaze Radio Network, and it is all new, all live. Join the conversation, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. I got to go make another cup of tea. Come on back. Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.